What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 58 of the CEO Local Podcast. My name is Skylar Woods, and I am incredibly excited to be back with this next episode. We have an amazing band called My Life is a Bear, all three former members from all local bands here in Colorado Springs. Um, this being their new project that just sort of began at the beginning of this year. We talk about what it means to be motivated by your music, what it means to have passion and freedom in your music. So I'm really looking forward to hearing your thoughts, and I hope you all enjoy. Ready for it? Let's do it. All right, guys. The fuck is up? Hey, dude. What's hey. up? My name's Skylar Woods. Distance five. This is CL Local. And you guys are my life as a bear. We are? Yeah. So just everybody can get familiar with whatever voice they're hearing. Let's go ahead and introduce ourselves. Just start with you, Jeff. I'm not Brandon. I'm Jeff. <laughs> I play drums. My name is Jeff. I play drums in my life as a bear. Yeah. I'm Brandon. I'm, I'm also in my life as a bear. He's paused in. for so long, I thought it was my turn. <laughs> find, find my rhythm. Wait. I am not Brandon or Jeff. I'm Kurt, and I play bass in my life as a bear. Thank you, guys. Yeah. I'm super excited to have you here. This has actually been a while since we've done the podcast, so you guys are like really helping us springboard back into the rhythm of things. Oh, yeah. But you know how the year's been. That's what we're all about. Yeah. Being, our, being a springboard. Yeah, we just want people to use us. <laughs> use and abuse. So, um, the, kind of to kick stuff off, I wanted to talk to you guys sort of about uh, your background in history. Now, I know you guys have all known each other for a long time, but that this project is, is very new. It just started this year. So whoever wants to take the lead, just sort of tell me a little bit about how the band came to be and then, you know, the relationships you had before it started. I'm still stuck on I thought he said background in history. And I was like, well, I was a history major in <laughs> junior high. And he's like, in history. That's where it came from. Uh, take it away, Kurt. <laughs> so basically what happened was um tell it we had all played in bands that ran the same circuit you know sound studies ghost radio every other band we've been nigel in. bird trio was kind of like you two right and somebody other a third person i assume <laughs> two nigel, more, bird, two oh, more. nigel bird duo. there's four people <laughs> four people in the nigel bird trio that's deceiving okay okay but yeah so uh we all kind of ran together and played shows here and there and then um as the bands kind of went their separate ways and kind of fizzled out and dissolved, I was working on my own stuff and Brandon and I had been kind of in contact and, um, it just, I don't know. We, after working on like our solo stuff, he would come do vocals and we just kind of be hanging out. And then it kind of really just turned into like, Hey, let's just do this. And then at one point you were basically <laughs> like, can I just like move in my drum set? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> literally, can I just bring my drums over and we'll just be in a band? And then we were, well, and we you're kind of lucky in the sense, like, you had the sort of, like, the perfect breeding ground for this project, right? Like, your house that yes. you live in has, like, that amazing basement that's, like, just fucking perfect to hang out and write music yeah. in. Awesome. I just always wanted to have, like, a place in my house where I could go down and have all the equipment that you would need to play music set up. It looks like you're walking into, like, a small little live venue. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you, when you first walk in. It really is. Dude, it's amazing. Yeah. I like it. It's it is pretty my sweet. favorite place I've ever gone for rehearsal. He's like, I'm never leaving. Sorry, I live. It. Plus, it's nice to not have to like pay for a rehearsal space. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's huge, dude. Yeah, 
not having to. I mean, like when he just pays all the utilities and Kurt and I come over and just borrow. It's great. It's awesome. <laughs> I mean, it sucks when Jeff leaves his drums plugged in all week <laughs> and my electrical bill is crazy high, yeah. but. I always leave my snare drum plugged in on that. Oh, yeah. So okay. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here with that shit. All right. So, as far as your previous projects, though, you had mentioned Sound Studies. You had mentioned also Ghost Radio. Mm-hmm. These were kind of like two bands that existed at the same time, but yeah. you guys were both very different, right? Yeah. Like Ghost Radio, obviously, like a more heavy rock driven sort of project compared even to this. Like, this has a lot of elements of that in yeah. My Life as a Bear, but more than anything, I'd say it doesn't like. I wouldn't cast it that way, right? Like, it's got so no. much more in the music than just that, that it's kind of, like, short to sort of say that yeah. it's, and I think it's that, rock. I mean, if it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it takes, like, all of the strong points from both of those bands. Wrong. And what it does <laughs> puts is... it in there, and it just doesn't work. <laughs> wrong. Well, no, I think, so, like you were saying, Ghost Radio was different than Sound Studies. Um, I mean... It was still rock music, and mm-hmm. so like we could play shows together, and it wasn't like people were like, "What is this? This is too different." Yeah. yeah. Um, no, they went on the same bill together really well. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. Well, we always had fun too. When yeah. like my favorite part about playing shows with Ghost Radio wasn't even like playing the shows; it was getting to hang out with Jeff <laughs> uh, and same. Zach, which was <laughs> same. <laughs> like, because we played some really shitty shows yeah. up in we. There was a lot of shows where we would we'd book them and it was like, look, we know this isn't going to be great, um, but we're doing it as a favor. Right. Because it's going be, to benefit us in the long run. And there was this show we played up at Castleman's. It was Castleman's when they like, like, reopened Castleman's. Ghost Radio has five band members. We got somebody to watch us. And there was <laughs> like the most fun we had at that show. Like I, I could have been like... Castleman's? Where is that? I don't even know if I know that. It, it was like kind of in Lodo. Okay. But we were... You could have told me that like they canceled our set and we didn't even get to play, and I'd be like, "Sweet, let's just hang out with Ghost Radio." Go to the burger place. Go to the burger place. It was super fun. Now and then, and then as far as you, Kurt, you were in Nigel Bird Trio, but to my understanding, that was sort of after Sound Studies, or is that before Sound Studies? The history is so I had way back in the day Lear Forty Three, and then when I decided. I didn't like doing that anymore. Um, after like 15 years or whatever. <laughs> uh, I was actually at a point where I was just like, I don't even know if I want to play music and that I took like a week off and that was... I think everybody can. As long as I can man. I know <laughs> I've been there. And after a week, Same. I was like, I need to do something. So I had a bunch of songs and like our mutual friend, Dan Goble. Uh, I know man. that name. I've never met the guy, but he's he's around doing a lot yeah. of stuff, right? Like he's got his solo project, and I think he used to be in a few other bands. Uh, he was in Avier way back in the day. Yeah, I know that <laughs> that band. Yeah, that's but we decided. Um, I just wanted to do something that was like had no connection to anything I had done, like yeah. even like the name Nigel Bird Trio. Like I just made that shit up. Um, and I didn't. Well, I see that now too. I wanted, <laughs> I wanted people to either like like it or hate it because of the music and not because of any connection to like me or something that I had previously done. And I can see that. That's like that's like a suicide, right? I just didn't give a fuck. They're like, it's like an yeah. experience, and like it's meant to sort of challenge that notion of like why you're here. 
Yeah, well, and so we, I had recorded, it was essentially like a solo album with Danny. And then, uh, I want to say, I had been Huffy back then that was doing Booking for the Sheep, like before Jeremy. And he... Yeah, dang. So that would have been when it was like the dark side, maybe even? No, it was still Black Sheep. It was still Black Sheep? He was, he kept hitting me up about like, hey, you want to play this show? And I was like, I don't, uh, I don't really have anything going on. And then he finally was like, what if we got this band, Imagine Dragons, and I'd never even heard of them. Jeez, what year was this? This had to have been... Back in the day. Yeah, man. 2007, 2008. Something like that. Before the internet realized they hated them. (laughs) They were coming through and we were like, fuck it, let's just do it. And so Danny was like, well, I know... Troy will play drums. Um, he's like, I know a guy who will play bass. And I was like, Is that Troy Swope? Or Troy Peterson. Troy Peterson. Peterson. Oh, I guess I don't know. But I was like, sure, man. Fucking bring him down. And that's the first time I ever met Kurt was oh, that right first then. Nigel Bird practice. And then Nigel Bird did their thing, and Danny moved down to Austin, and we were going to relocate down there. And then I went down there to check it out and was like looking for jobs and stuff and realized that Austin is like Boulder, but with hell's weather. <laughs> and I was like, I don't, I don't really like Never it. Never heard it like that, but I, I could see it. I was like, totally. I don't really like it down here. But then Kurt and his whole family relocated down to Austin for you guys did? Two months? Yeah. Oh, for the Nigel Bird trio. And then Brandon was like, nah, fuck that. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah, it was awkward. He's like, that's one of those moments where, have I said I'm sorry? it was yeah i was trying to bring myself to where it was like i'm cool with moving down there and then i just couldn't and then well luckily kurt realized that they hated it down there and moved back two months on that was it you're like fuck this and with sound studies uh like nigel bertria was like basically done and Mm -hmm. again kept getting offered these shows and was like i don't have a band and so me and this guy Ryan May that I had played with back in high school. Um, we were hanging out a bunch. And we we're like, screw it, man, let's do a band. And we had sound studies, and I was like, I got the oh. bass player for it. Wait, so okay, man. So you guys have been kind of like a pair throughout all of your projects in a way. Yeah, because even with yeah, Audible, because yeah. we did, they were bringing you into that. Ryan yeah. signed us up. It was like me and him were going to play on, help produce. Yeah help release all this stuff for, for Audible, this hip-hop group, and they had a bass player who was one of the bass players from Ghost Radio. Yeah. yeah. Was it, which one was that? That was, was Gus. Yeah. That was Gus, yeah. yeah. And he was it, the OG. Yeah, the OG bass player. And it was player. like, yeah, yeah, this will be fun. It'll be something that's different that we can do that'll, you know, help some people out, whatever. Yeah. And then... Five years later. Well, and then Gus wound up like flaking out and I was like, I got the bass player. (laughs) (laughs) And we brought Kurt in. And the craziest thing to me is nothing against Audible, but it's like, aside from Melvin, like, the one person in that group that had like the most sensibility when it came to hip hop was Kurt. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, In my opinion. Um, And then it turned into like, we were booking all these shows, like opening for Warren G. And, oh, that's cool. And like hieroglyphics. And there was some cool stuff and it was great experiences. That was while in the Audible section? Yes, yeah, so we were yeah. trying to do Audible and Sound Studies at the same time, which 
being sometimes oh, okay, being in I didn't one realize band. you guys kind of juggled those simultaneously. Yeah, yeah. I didn't I, know that. Being in one band sometimes can be a pain. Being in two bands is you might as well be in no bands. Yeah, but I could see that. So, and honestly, probably yeah. like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but just like I can imagine it being like almost so draining to sort of like take a lot of that like zest and motivation to do the music on any side of it, just kind of as a boner killer, you know? Yeah. I know anytime yeah. I'm feeling too overwhelmed, it's like my tendency is to want to just sort of retreat from it, even though I know that that's toxic and don't look at me, Jeff. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, and I see the judgment. <laughs> that's what happened. My face? That's what happened with sound studies is that oh. audible was taking so much time that that got pushed out. That, and you know, hip hop is, hip hop is like, what's, what's going on. And, I love hip hop. And it was like during times where like we'd play a sound study show and in the same week or two week period, we'd have an audible show. And it was like audible show would be like almost sold out sound study show, like 10 people. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't think about that. And it's just cause you know, people, people enjoyed that more. People enjoyed that no, more. I mean, I get it. Like I had conversations with, with bands all the time about, you know, it's like, it's important to write music for yourself, but you also have to have an understanding like that it needs to connect with people. Yeah. And if it's not necessarily like that hip hop is better or worse or whatever people want to say, but the way that they're sort of like having that conversation with their audience, it's more attractive and more people want that right now. And I kind of, you know, I think that that's sort of where, you know, rock and alternative is like maybe turning the corner lately where they're trying to try a little bit harder at that as opposed to just like creating these images and things it's more going back to being about the music and the story behind it yeah which is to me refreshing yeah because it does drive more like engagement from an audience right like and you're gonna want to if oh, you're yeah. creating art you want people to, to see it right well and after we left sucks putting your efforts into something nobody's like caring about <laughs> after yeah. we after we decided to to leave audible for our own benefit and also it, it wasn't for us it wasn't fair to be in a group where we just weren't 100 percent committed right and it's like, I want these guys to succeed and, and go as far as they can. And me not being 100%, I'm going to hold them back. Yeah. And then it was, it was like, cool. So two of the members of Sound Studies are now only in one band, but one of the members is still in two bands. And it was like, <laughs> instead of waiting around to try to force someone to do something that they may or may not have time for, whatever, it was like, yeah. Hey, we've got this opportunity where like we can just do whatever the fuck we want to do and have fun with it and play in a group with like three guys who genuinely just love making music. Yeah. And that's where it's sort of like you shifted, right? It was like you were kind of like following this path, it sounds like, you know. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, this is like it's got the right direction and it's like feels like my effort is going into somewhere constructive as opposed to just like a pit, you know. But then it almost like illuminated the fact that that's not actually what it was that you found fulfilling or gratifying about the experience and so then you guys kind of like pivoted to this other project now where it seems like you're all a lot happier well it's not that i would re like obviously i want people to enjoy our music but i would rather play music to no one but be playing music that like i love with people that i love and have fun doing it mm-hmm than to be playing music that I'm like not 100% behind to sold out crowds and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, it feels a bit cheap. I guess like I would just 
it's, I don't know. It's like a, it's like shooting in yourself, shooting yourself in the foot for the sake of purity where it's like, yeah, you know what? Maybe we're making music that isn't like super cool right now or whatever, but we love what we're doing and it's genuine. And I kind of, I think that that matters more right now to people to be and, completely and, honest. And that was our whole thing with my life as a bear is like, we wanted to take it back to in our minds, a time when like rock music was a little bit more pure. Like it wasn't, yeah. I feel like, no, I mean, that's true. If you want to get on that subject, I'd love to talk about that some more because yeah. you guys even made some choices in that vein on your production process, right? Like to sort of help maintain that. So go ahead. I mean, start the, start the conversation on that. I'd love to hear more about it. Well, I just think for me, there's, there's a lot of bands. I mean, you can shit on like Nickelback and Creed and all these bands all you want because they deserve it. But uh, <laughs> Indeed. But I think there was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. everything was so sterile where it's like everything is quantized and everything has to be perfect and it's, mm -hmm. everyone was... Oh, it was like production for the sake of production, not for like what it used to be, which is like, like to fix things or like, it's like you wanted to not lose that perfect take. So let's fix the thing that's wrong. Well, to me, it was like, it's you're, like yeah, you're almost totally competing. You're almost compete like it's like these rock bands were having to compete with their producer <laughs> for pop radio. Oh yeah, I guess and I so, see that. I, so you I see start producing going. rock albums mm. to compete with these pop albums. That's very true, actually. Even in even in like the mixing side of it, you yeah. started hearing that more, and just like the the textures and the harmonics of what was the sonic characteristic oh, yeah. of rock, right? Like right. it became something where it was like it used to be pretty dirty, and that was like a good quality to it. And then it almost got, like you said, a little too polished, where it's like, it sounds great, and you can't knock the craftsmanship, but you're like, eh, why? Oh, no, yeah. there's, still, there's still tons of bands that have come out that, like we were just earlier listening to Polyphery, which is... Polyphery? Periphery? <laughs> you mix two bands. <laughs> Polyphia? Polyphia. <laughs> well, no, well, no, okay, we were listening to both of them. At the I just, same I didn't fucking time. Have to say, <laughs> I didn't want to have to say two different names, so I just combined uh, it. No, you're right. We're <laughs> listening to this but one, anyway, two bands. bands. Bands like that where it's like, there is definitely a modern production element and like oh, a, for a sure. pop sensibility, but it's so fucking good, and it's still, it rocks, but I mean, it doesn't rock on the same level that like, it's Tom, a different Tom thing, Petty yeah. and like Three Dog Night rock. Yeah, but, sure. It's like a surgical thing. I think in a lot of more, like if you're like, like for example, Polyphia, right? Like they have like a really like clean aesthetic to their sound anyways. It's supposed yeah. to be like intricate, complex, but like super tight, you know? I think in a super polished production kind of leans in the favor of that because it emphasizes it, right? It kind of creates that, that's the feeling they want their audience to have is that very surgical, yeah. Yeah. guitar work and awesome craftsman musicianship, right? Where it's like, you know, that's not the only side of it, right? Like you're saying, it's like there's other forms of rock that have like a different expression in what they're doing and a super polished, clean cut, you well, know, I, I look doesn't back, necessarily feed into that. I go back to bands like Led Zeppelin and The Who. Yeah, and great example. Like that where it's like, because of the limitation, and even like The Beatles, because of the limitations that existed in recording back then, you didn't have, like, you didn't have all the things that now we can use to fix, like, players that aren't as good as they need to be. Say it. You can just say it. Just what, kidding. What I, I love, <laughs> I think for me, the thing that I, that Jeff, growing yeah. up, I always, like, latched onto when it came to rock music was that sort of, that human element, mm -hmm. like, 
the give and the take and like the breathing and the realness that you could feel. And it, oh, and so I much. loved that when I listen to pop music and I love, I love like, I mean, Michael Jackson, like eighties Madonna, like I'm, yeah. I'm a sucker for that shit. Yeah. But I didn't listen to that shit on like a, on a super emotional level where I was yeah. like, man, this stuff is making me cry. Like I, I listened I to it because it was saying. fun and it was great and it was, it was still really good, but for me, what got me really into rock was like essentially just that human element. And so that's I what I feel like we it's want. more it's like relatable, I guess is what I always if that's kind of where you're going, right? It's almost like you can connect to it on a more human level because of a lot of the imperfections, because of the lot of the like you said, limitation, it's not a bad thing. It forces yeah. choices and commitment and decisions, right? Like I tell yeah. bands that all the time when I'm working with them. You know, it's like like for example, like when we were talking about tracking live right you guys were talking to me about that and i was like that sounds great but just know what you're getting into because you're also tying your hands in other right. ways which is not necessarily a bad thing but it's important to understand you know and yeah. and it and you guys know that going in so then you're that much more prepared and you still wind up with a result better than what you were looking for you what know? i think too like when i listen to say like whitney houston i'm picturing left records for all things underground and metal punk grind hardcore and more where are you located man 829 north circle come and see us at i'm picturing like one person Brandon costner I'm picturing Kevin Costner <laughs> holding her, protecting this delicate flower <laughs> from the perils of stardom uh, in a way. Yeah. Let's just talk about the bodyguard. <laughs> what, are your thoughts? what are your thoughts on the bodyguard? Good movie or bad movie? Pass. Okay. No, but pass. I picture, but I picture <laughs> hard pass. I picture one person singing yeah or no, dancing or and when i listen to bands i picture a group of guys fucking banging it out <laughs> playing wait a second but you pictured like a group of guys in a room just rocking out yeah no i feel you because it's like that also said that the first time because <laughs> <laughs> you're like putting yourself there in that moment and that's the feeling you get when you're doing it right and you're trying to almost give that same feeling and experience to the listener and i also think like i like, know what you mean rock music like you you can listen to like hip-hop and you can listen to pop and folk or whatever it is you're into but like the one mainstay in rock and roll music or heavy metal music or hard rock music that whole genre that whole areas like that's the kind of music you listen to when you're trying to cope or find a specific emotion totally like you don't you're not like having a bad day and you're like i need to go listen to I, I think Bieber. about that music as like like wow. to kind of piggyback Except on what you're you. saying jeff <laughs> it's almost like it's authentic in a way that's more like i don't know in, a, in an experience sense like you listen to it and you feel that and you're right it's yeah. like it, you find other parts of yourself and what you're feeling with, yeah. with what they're feeling. And then with like the additional, like if you listen to that type of music and you are an artist or someone that can identify what's going on when you get into the more technical side of things, it's, yeah. it's cool to hear somebody do something and you hear it and you go, oh man, that was like that guitar riff or that drum lick was, that was awesome. Right. Whatever. So I think for me too, yeah. like in the, in the way that hip hop evolved from like the, ne the necessity 
based off of a lack of tools to utilize. Right. It was like, well, we've got record players, and we've got these records, and we've got some microphones. Yeah, it's that like, limitations thing again. This amazing music was made from that. And so for me, when it came to rock music, it was like, well, I don't have, it was almost born out of one, what I, what I loved like to my ear, but also even nowadays, it's like, well, I don't have access to every single crazy recording program on the planet. I don't have access to like 9,000 cents and stuff, but I do have access to like, guitars and pianos and drums and bass and if we can make music that like people enjoy and yeah it's like taking your ideas and making them the, the absolute best with what you have it's almost like it was born compromise. out of that same it's like this sort of reverse thing where it's like cool like hip-hop got to here and now it's like we're almost like working backwards out yeah. of this necessity or this lack of like the yeah. tools to make that because like man i would love to, to make an album that sounds like like those classic roots albums or like I think to your credit though you're you're onto something though when you say it kind of like it's like the pendulum swinging right like the uh like with rock productions and kind of like what we were talking about earlier it's like they've gone it's like the pendulum went from here when it started and it kind of like swung across this middle ground and then wound up being way on this end of things and then now it's almost like it's falling back and people are sort of like finding that little resting area where the, what you identify with as this t- style of music and what makes yeah. it meaningful and have oh, an yeah. impact. And it's kind of like you guys have like, I think you're honestly kind of like finding yourselves in making this music at a really good time because I think a lot of people are going to start noticing that. You know, trends, they have cycles. It's just cyclic in nature for yeah. any kind of thing like that. Yeah. So it's like hip-hop is huge. It always will be. But there's going to also be this resurgence of people looking for something else if not out of sheer boredom, right? Like, I mean, that's just the way human beings are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know I can't. I mean, <clears throat> I'm probably a little more stale in my choices of music than these guys are. They're, they're a little more. Because you, really, your favorite bands are, it's Pat Benatar. Yeah. Um, Deep Purple. Yep. Yeah, damn. You got some good taste here. Yeah. Any Ozzy Osbourne that's like 2008 or later. And <laughs> Specifically. You really, you love Here's those. Jefferson Airplane. <laughs> you love all those albums where like they had like 90s college rock bands redo, yeah. <laughs> redo sounds from like songs from cartoon shows, right? Yeah, dude, totally. That's all you listen yeah. to. That's and there we go, guys. Now we know Jeff better yeah. than uh, his okay. own mama. And that's okay. why I do what I do. <laughs> I just want to make sure that I have all of your influences now. <laughs> now everybody knows me like, good now. Yeah, we got Jeff. Me. Here we have it. Now, um, one thing I did want to ask you guys about. Now, I know we talked a little bit earlier and it, it's kind of an interesting answer, which is why I'm even bringing it up a second time. Now, you guys mentioned you started this band sort of like January, early year, right? Yeah. And, um, but then coronavirus obviously really Ooh. fucking went and took off in March and February. And I'm kind of wondering, you know, what that did to you guys as far as, as a band, right? Like, how did that affect you guys? Did it change things? Did it, uh, did it make things better? I think it solely benefited us, to be honest. It is weird to think that, like, <laughs> out of all the negative things that, that came about because of like COVID and all the, that shit. Right. Our plan from the get go was like, cause we've all been in bands where it's like, you like unknowingly build up all this anticipation, anticipation, (laughs) anticipation for stuff that, that then you've like, you've set dates 
and you've set all these things by yeah. telling your fans like, right. I mean, I don't know, for the last three years of that we're doing sound studies, we were working on the same fucking album. Well, it's like that. <laughs> Everyone's that, like, "What are you guys doing?" Yeah, we're dude, the album's coming out in the yeah. spring. It's that same. <laughs> like, I swear, it's almost yeah. there. It's the same thing that, like, and I, I know we're. I mean, I, I'm guilty of it. Any band I've ever been in is guilty of it, especially with like the rise of social media, where it's like, right. you know, you put out that post, and it's like a picture of everyone in the studio. It's, it's, like, like, it's like a promise you're making. Yeah, yeah. big things <laughs> coming, and then pff, nothing for six months. Oh uh, yeah, that's you know, kind of it's like drag. we didn't want to do that. We wanted to not really do anything until we had like a product to yeah because we were like we don't want to have so that was kind of the plan out the gate yeah our plan was like no social media no shows speaking on that actually i just want to comment because it's hilarious (laughs) so on the no social media thing so when i first made that live stream setup you know i was just like tagging and we wanted to get you guys connected into the post and so there was one there was my life as a bear and I clicked. I didn't think twice about it because I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck ever? There's not like five Facebook pages called with this exact phrase. Like yeah. your guys' name is practically a fucking sentence. Yeah. And let alone, <laughs> it's like, I, I was like, okay, cool. Boom. Click it in there. And then I start seeing people commenting because it's like a legitimate Facebook page that is describing like what it is to be in the life of a bear. Yeah, it's so it's like you go down the page and it's like the bear drinking from a river. And then it's like, these are the friendly spiders this that is, help the bear. This is how bears And sometimes bears standing. like to eat from these anthills. Yeah. And, and all we, kinds of random that's shit. That's what we were going for from day one. <laughs> but that's what we decided, like, I oh. I was just like, dude, oh my God, I shit. can't believe I did that. Maybe we actually need, like, a Facebook and an Instagram. And that, you know what's funny is that Facebook page or whatever it is is going to be far more popular than we ever will. Yes. Yeah, probably. <laughs> you know? Actually, I think it had literally one, like, before I tagged it in there. Nice. Like I didn't know that until afterwards, well, but like goal, I went See, and I checked, and difference. it's like there that's was no goal. likes. We're making a difference in to help nature, out. boys. That. Yeah, you guys bring bear awareness. Yeah, but I think that was our. <laughs> that's where, in a weird roundabout way, like the <laughs> coronavirus kind of it sort of aided in what we were trying to do yeah, because towards this, right? Yeah, yeah, I totally see what you're saying. Because like you, you've played in bands where it's like, cool. Writing songs is super awesome. Yeah, recording songs is is great. But like you just, you can only be off the stage for so long where it's like, I just want to play a show. Yeah. And so for me, at least, and like these guys were having to hold me back because I would have been like, all right, guys, we got to come on. We got to do this shit now. We got to let's get into the studio next month. Uh, But I was like constantly reminded of. We can't do anything now. So why are we trying to push this? Right. And it was great because it's like a forced incubation period for your band. Yeah. And like we said, we were. (laughs) We were trying to not exist until we wanted to exist. Yeah. And so like... And then I went and blew up the spot. Sorry. The whole coronavirus <laughs> thing really... <laughs> it really helped out yeah. on, our, on our behalf because... There is like a... There's no pressure. Yeah. yeah. It's like when nobody knows you're working on anything. Like, I mean, yeah. you know, you guys have some profile from these other projects you've been in, right? So it's like to be real vocal about it, like Jeff is mentioning, it's sort of like this... Uh, accidental promise you make to everybody to deliver something yeah. but it's like you guys sort of got rid of those constraints and pressures to allow yourself to just like take the time you needed to really make them the way you wanted yeah without any actual influence from anybody outside your band and you know it all came from yeah. inside which is really cool yeah because i mean it's, it's easy to get on there and, and build a facebook page or an instagram page or whatever and just be like we're members from sound studies and yeah. ghost radio and blend and Nobody cares. No. I mean, for it would have been 
eight months that people were just yeah. like, what is this? Because we didn't have anything <laughs> to give. That's true. You know, so it was really nice to be able to. Yeah. And a lot of bands do it backwards like that. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. The first thing they got to do is like, we got to get a Facebook page and an Instagram. And I get it. You know, you want to yeah. be out there so people Go know you're there. on the train tracks and take pictures yeah. of ourselves. Well, right. yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's like every... It's like everything they post to is just like all them standing around at band practice. You know, like, that's cool. You should be doing that because you're a band. But like, do I need to see that? Tell me when you have <laughs> yeah. something. Yeah. I want to hear what, good I to hear what you're playing in the picture. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Like, it's, a, it's like a lazy version of social media. And yeah. it almost makes it seem like it's almost not even necessary. Yeah. Even when and they post like the live recordings of practice. And yeah. it just sounds awful. Yeah. Right. Like, through oh, their wow. fucking phone. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for yeah. that. I know. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm totally I'm into a, this band yeah. now. I wasn't I sure before, but like, now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like, man, if I wasn't sold before. Yeah. Well, that's where, like, back to your original question, the timeline was we had our first practice in February. Mm -hmm. um, it was like first week in February, we had our first practice. And then we had to essentially take, like, what was it two and a half months? Ooh, yeah. I think we took at least two months off. Yeah. When it was like, because of just the home quarantine stuff. It, well, yeah. yeah. And I mean, COVID was like, you know, that was when it was like, yeah, everyone no, was I did terrified. the same thing for the studio. We didn't open up and start taking projects again until I think it was like April 20, 20th That's or something. That's probably right around the time, maybe a little bit later than that, that we started getting back together. When me yeah. and Jeff got, yeah. uh, we got antsy. And so it was like, yeah, yeah. we, like, we got to do this now. guys. We went probably a month and a half. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. It was, it, was like we were a, like, it was like a month, and then Brandon hit me up, and I was just like, I mean, look, man, let's do it. I was like, yeah, I, I mean, will like, he's like, I will take a bath as <laughs> like, soon as yeah, I dude. get in the house. Like, I just took a shower and bleach. Like, I'm ready. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and Mel was like, I think the very first time you came over, I'm surprised you didn't notice it. But Mel, like, Mel's your wife, right? Uh, yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> Mel is the person who lives with them. That's your life partner. <laughs> my life partner. It's my boo. My, my boo. <laughs> um. But like she Lysol'd like the front door, both sides. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The door to the basement, both sides. The handrail. <laughs> yeah. She Lysol'd. Just to get Jeff the, in the house. And the I, drumsticks. <laughs> I came over and I just licked everything. Well, the drumsticks right. that were on your set at the time, she just sprayed those. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't notice. That's why my drum head broke. That's amazing. Got fucking Lysol. Yeah. So it really hasn't been. It hasn't been bad, but it seems like in a, in a weird way, it just sort of like took away any any expectation of things to just give you the whatever time like even with the you know the couple of months that you guys didn't do a whole lot you know that's time you're thinking you yeah. know you're you're letting yeah. the ideas kind of form and well it let us know. it let us let us to a path to where instead of writing five songs and just recording those five songs mm -hmm. we ended up writing 10 10 songs <laughs> and we're like all right well we're going to record two of them and then we recorded 10 of them yeah. <laughs> we're like, that we're going to our... release we're going to release two of them at the same time and then we're not <laughs> now so that was our like... thing with you was yeah. like we were talking about yeah we're just going to record these two songs yeah and luckily for us we were like let's make sure that we have all 10 songs like just like ready ready go. just in case these two songs go fairly quick we're going to take an entire weekend and we're going to record these two songs and then you told us you were like you want to maximize the time, if right? If you're already set up, why not do 10 songs? So then, yeah. essentially, not... not Seems not, like sound advice to me. I don't know. Not to brag. <laughs> not to brag. The asshole like, producer we had was like, all right, guys, listen. <laughs> well, here's the thing. So we were going to do two songs every other week. Or yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I do remember thinking. that original plan. Yeah. And then we wound up recording... Like, I did the math, and it was like, in four days... Like four and a half days total. All together, yeah. I, I just did the math on that too. I was thinking about it. Like we recorded between our vocal an entire sessions. 
like yeah. ten song album in from top to four bottom. and a half days. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. And a lot of that is because we went back to that like the three of us in a room playing together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, Live tracking definitely speeds the process great. up for that. Yeah. And the fact that that's what you guys wanted to made you come in that much more prepared, which is why I think it worked out so oh, yeah. well in your yeah. favor. And yeah. is it perfect? Probably not. But, but that's it, okay. That's okay. Does it sound good? Does it feel good? Yeah. yeah. Goddamn right it does. Yeah. The um, okay. <laughs> Goddamn right it does. <laughs> so then, yeah. just to kind of round this out before we close out, guys, I wanted to sort of ask, you know, with everything we've already talked about, what's going to be that next thing for you guys? And, and like, what are you kind of setting your sights on, if there are any, you know, past what we do today? Sequel and to then. The it's going to be a dangerous thing. You and then like, where, the where can people effect? find you so that way Let's they can start fun. finding your music whenever the time does come? Yeah, so... Bodyguard's available. I think, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that... I think the plan, honestly, is to not have a plan. Like, yeah? we're, we're just kind of going to yeah. go about... We're going to write the next album and we're going to call it Volume 7. Or <laughs> no, something dumb like that. That doesn't make sense because you're like, it's only our second release. Yeah, but we're not. I mean, you probably <laughs> probably won't hear a lot of us uh, on social media or anything until we yeah. have an album to to give out. Because, like, you know, to my point earlier, there's not. What's we're not trying to promote t- us. Sure. We're trying to promote music, music exactly. that we make. Yeah. And well, to that side of it, then I know we did just finish, like you guys mentioned, wrapping up those ten songs, right? So now I'm in the current mixing and mastering phase. But when you have like all of those back and delivered, sort of, can people expect you to be releasing something shortly after that? Yeah. Do you have sort of a timeline of when you want to get that out just to I keep things going? We're gonna do. I think, I think we're gonna do a five-song EP. I think all we're trying to do right now is we're just gonna break those ten songs up into potentially two five-song EPs and beautiful. Yeah. And when we feel that they're ready for the public to hear them, then we'll yep. go out there. We'll cross that bridge. Yeah, we're gonna do some uh, some beta testing with some people that we trust to get good opinions on. Yeah, Brandon's told me a little bit about that. Whatever, Brandon, I like that. Whatever, do like kind of like a focus group with like a local local group of people and see which songs which songs play to their strengths to go wherever and nice because we think the music's really good, but. Well, that's right. It yeah, it has been such a closed environment. Yeah, right? Most like, people are probably like, look, it's not nineteen ninety. I guess that's true. I, I forget because like I got brought in, you know, within the last few months and I've been working so closely with you guys. It's like I guess like I know a lot more about your music than anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Um so yeah. I guess I guess I understand. Yeah. So you guys maybe yeah. not fully ready to get out there, but tonight, you know, big thing we're doing. So yeah. everybody by the time they hear this episode will have already seen it or will have the option of going and watching it after this. But uh, we're doing our CL local live stream yeah. with you guys. Hey, Scott, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I've got to land this plane real quick. Hold on. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but no, to, runway seven is clear. You're good. You're good. To your point, okay, though, to like you. with, the, back to you. with the live stream, <laughs> you get on the ground okay? It's, we're okay. good. We're good. We're so good. Um, on the live stream, if we get, you know, if we get like proper feedback on it where people are like, hey, you know, we want to yeah. hear more of that. I mean, obviously that, we need to play to that, to that strength. Sure. Let people hear. But if people are like, hey, Band's terrible. I'm like, all right. But to what, <laughs> we'll this will never. be something that they can go and check out, right? Yeah. So, like, this will at least be out there, and there'll be a few other things, like, uh, you know, the live stream. We'll be dropping the podcast and everything, and then also there'll be a video of this, like, live video, but a little bit more produced side of stuff. Yeah. So people will be able to check your sound out that way, too. What's yeah. cool, too, is, like, everything is so upside down and, like, fucked up right now as far as, like, 
like all the shit that small venues are going through. Yeah, and like, I know yeah. that's that's a lot of the motivation for this. And and so it's like, what do bands have? <laughs> it's, it's kind yeah. of in a weird way. It's like maybe it's just like the the optimistic side of me, like trying to find good in this shitty situation. But it's like since I'm old school, I'm always like, I remember when you had to like you formed a band, and if you had good enough songs, you could play a show. And then if you were good enough live, then you'd play more shows. Yeah. And then if yeah. you played more shows, maybe yeah. you could play them outside of your town. And then maybe someone would notice you, and then maybe... That is the know. unspoken template everybody yeah, yeah. kind of initially believes. But yeah. I think yeah. we're, back, we're, we're to this spot right now where it's like... The, all the rules are fucking thrown out the window. I mean, yeah, you can't... whatever you want. You can't play shows. Yeah, you we can't really, really are tour. like starting from the ground up at this point. And it's kind of cool to just try to like... Doing things like the live streams and trying to figure out sort of like new and creative ways to, to try music. to promote music and promote yeah. bands and stuff like that is great because I feel like, especially in like the, the rock world or whatever, it almost seemed, maybe just in music in general, there was sort of a, like a cycle. Like this is what you do. Like for big mm-hmm. bands, it was like write and record an album, tour the album for a year, yeah. go back, write and, and just yeah. do that. And for local bands, it was like, play as many shitty shows as you can. Release a record. Try to release something while still playing shitty shows, whatever. And I think, but everyone was sort of comfortable with like, this is just how you do it. And I think now, because of the fact that like all that shit has been thrown out the window, it's like, we're finding these kind of cool, innovative ways to try to bring something that I think always has and always will matter to people yeah it's like we're trying to figure out ways to like bring that experience of music back to people which is awesome yeah and there needs to be more stuff just like this because that's this is what's going to lay the groundwork for you should do this whatever it is to come i think i might (laughs) (laughs) well we're gonna do this a lot but not with us every month every single month my life is a band we'll be here every month well actually you know to that guys i won't keep you on here anymore but uh because we're going to start getting ready for our live yep. stream tonight. But thank you for taking the time, sharing this with everybody. I know you kind of are on your own schedule when it comes to things, since you're just kind of doing it at your you know, own discretion. But I think that's a smart way to do it, right? Like, yeah. just keep making these planned choices. Keep methodically, you know, trickling the information out there. Make people interested and keep that authentic fucking sound. because. Yeah. It really, I think, is going to translate super well when people finally get the chance to hear. Yeah, it. and I mean, if, if by all means, if you like what you hear tonight, hit us up and yeah, we'll, go check it because they will we'll have the got. Facebook page and the Instagram, so you can go ahead and like like those things. Um, but also, while we're on that note, also the CL Local Facebook group. If you haven't joined that, go ahead join and join it. that. Do it. Yeah, because we'll it, be posting it, things it. like the live stream and the podcast and stuff like that in there. You can go to My Life as a Bear official. Yes. But then also go to the other My Life as a Bear site. Because <laughs> we're trying Just to get tell them. tell them that you like bears. It's all about hundred followers Got to get that bear awareness. But we're a My Life as a Bear official. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously, follow the podcast because this is very important for our local community. Yes. Yeah. yeah, CL Local Podcast. You can find it on Spotify anywhere else. But then also, if you are on Spotify, we have a CL Local artist page where you can find any of the, uh, like, Volume 1, Volume 2, yep. and everything else that we do, too. Yeah. Alright, thank you guys. Thank you. Well done. Alright, that does it for this episode. And thank you so much for listening, especially if you stuck it out to the very end. Be sure to join our community Facebook group as well as follow us on Instagram at This Is CO Local. Thank you again, and we will see you soon.